Welcome to the Skate Cast, my podcast. I'm Victor L. Thorpe, speed skater, inline skater, ice skater, two times Olympian, World Cup medalist, and just a person who loves skating and sharing everything that skating has taught me and everything that I got out of it for you guys to enjoy the sport and also just to get inspired either by exercises, training tips, and whatever I might be doing. I decided to start this podcast because I want to share my knowledge with you guys. I want to I wanna tell you a little bit about what goes on in my life. I want to invite some cool people on this show. And yeah, just I felt like we needed a podcast like this. So here it goes, the Skatecast. In every episode, I will bring up some reoccurring segments. I decided to call them for now. Racing updates, equipment zone, and quote of a champion, which will probably be the guest of each episode. For this very first episode, it'll just be me, so I hope you're okay with that. Um, I am putting this one out there for all of you to listen to on Spotify and and you name it, all the, the podcast platforms. But ultimately, my goal is to to have them on this new platform that I call victorthorup.fan, um, where I, I simply just will be sharing a lot of cool content. It'll be like an exclusive thing. You will find all the stuff that you can find on YouTube on Facebook and Instagram and a lot more. And the cool part about this is that I will have it all in one single, you know, one single platform. And hopefully you guys, the whole community can help me create more content and really just interact with all of you and figure out what what you guys would want from me and what you're interested in. I'll also be putting up some vlogs and some just behind the scenes and what it is like to do skating for a living and what it's like to be training for one's third Olympic Games. So hopefully you will all hop over there on that platform. You can find the link to it on my Instagram, Victor Thorpe, or YouTube, you name it. Anyhow, this very first episode I have decided, because I just chose a topic, one that I've had a lot of questions on, a lot of people ask for this, How do you put together a good training program or a good training plan? I do coach about 10, 15 skaters um, individually, and it's really a thing that I enjoy. Um, It's one thing is to figure out how to skate. It's a whole different thing and different challenge to figure out how to teach people how to skate. And I really came to be fond of that. So it's a little spare time activity, but it's a really nice one because it gives a lot back. You realize quickly as an elite athlete, that is probably the most egoistic job one can ever have. It's all about putting yourself first and trying to optimize yourself. Whereas as a coach, I I mean, I already get to help more than 10 times more people than just myself, which is, is pretty giving. So that's one thing I really enjoy. And, um, but I also came to learn that it's so individual. Like, obviously I can't just copy paste my own training program uh, as a full-time athlete in, you know, the best age I've ever been, I would say physically, and just put that on somebody in their fifties having a full-time job or people that have to take care of kids that only got very little time available in in a weekly schedule. So putting together a training plan is by no means easy. And yeah, it just really takes, a lot of experience and it takes a lot of understanding of what things should be prioritized and it is not as easy as you would think if you do think that's easy and um, that's why i wanted to to talk a bit about that in this podcast 
Um, I just want to mention also now we talked a bit about um, individual feedback or individual coaching. Another one of the things that I'll be doing on my new platform is to simply make it a thing for people to have their technique reviewed by me. I really think technique, and I'm pretty convinced that is the truth, is the key thing in skating. I mean, there's a reason that people win the Tour de France or can run to our marathon that they're not also world champions in inline skating because it is so damn technical and and that should be the first priority and that's why i decided to offer this little service where one can upload a video of themselves skating and then i will simply take that video and just put a haven't really figured out if them i'm gonna do a voiceover or like a voiceover combined with drawing some different lines over the video or if I'm going to green screen myself in there in the little corner and then simply just give some directions and some feedback and, and maybe also some ideas on what um, the skater should should work on. Some Yeah, try and be more specific, give some drills and, and stuff like that. And, and hopefully that's something that you guys out there could uh, could make use of. If you have any ideas another thing like this podcast is a work in progress i'll admit that i'm new to it the only thing i know is that i have yeah a lot of motivation to make it well and to share my best tips and tricks and and bring the people that you would also want to hear from in on on this podcast so if there's anything you would want to hear more about i actually already on this platform the victorthorpefanplatform.com if you can remember that it's victor thorup dot fan uh, line platform dot com so if you go in there you can of course find all the podcast episodes you can find some cool content what's not but you can also suggest and even vote for ideas for the next podcast episodes if there's anything you would want me to go in depth with that is the place to suggest it and to upvote it so that i can uh yeah, so I can figure out what's actually interesting for you guys. Um, so this first one is about the training plan. Obviously, technique should come first. It is a difficult thing because you can't simply just find or figure out what you should look at when talking technique. The reason for this is that it's so individual. It's not like running or cycling where based on your heart rate or your wattage, well, there you have it, the ideal training plan. Uh, the technical aspect of skating is simply just too important for that. So you would have to try and determine what technical hurdles you have and then find some drills that correspond to those. If you're listening to this, there's a big chance you've seen my YouTube videos. There is there's more than 200 videos, I think. So it's not just, oh, I'll find it there. That is the exercise that I would need to do to get better at skating. It's truly a jungle of exercises, but start out with the simple ones. So if you're brand new to skating, if you're a kid, especially looking to simply just get better at skating, you should go with your skates first. You should try and skate as much as you can. It shouldn't be too structured. I just think at that stage when you're 12 or younger, it should really just be about the agility, about the joy of skating and Trust me, I've coached enough kids and also enough adults to know that as a kid, it's a lot easier to pick it up. So if you give a kid some skates and, you know, some band-aid and, and, uh, and somewhere safe to skate, 
they will almost figure it out on their own at that age. Then when they get older, when they reach, I would say the age of 10, you can try and put a little more structure into it and do more than just some weekly workouts. And I would still try to also have other sports at that point. It shouldn't be too boring or too monotonous where it's only skating. Personally, it was at that, that age, I think it was about 10 to 12 years old, that I also started doing dryland. I've heard from a lot of parents like, is dryland more important? How much dryland and slide board and cycling should my kid do? Your kid should probably do very little unless it's what the kid actually wants. Most kids that do skating, they really do skating because they love it. Skating, not training. So have them do a lot of skating. These are not at all essential or crucial at that age. So skate a ton and then you can add some cycling when, when the kid gets older. The kid can implement some cycling, can implement some dry land. The cool part about cycling and dry land and basically all the other workout modalities that we, that we come across in skating is that we can go a little deeper or we can really work either better or more with higher quality or simply for longer at different things. So on a bike, you can work in your aerobic capacity for hours, whereas skating for hours, you can't just go for a five hour skate. So in terms of cardiovascular efficiency, a bike or to some jocks is very, very efficient and useful. Um, the same goes for weightlifting. If you're trying to maximize the, the power output and your strength, well, doing a bit of weightlifting can definitely help because you can simply put on more weights on your shoulders and you can, you can get more workload in if you compare that to skating. And then for dryland, it's a little more tricky because it's still technically sort of specific to skating, but you have the ability to slow down the movements and then do them controlled. So you can practice those movements and you can really fix all the technical mistakes you might have, which is something that I really think a lot of people should spend time on. Not necessarily because of the physiological benefits of dryland. You don't get your heart rate up that high and you would be surprised how low your lactic acid actually is in a dryland session. So I think that should be mainly technical and for some adaptation, just getting used to being in that position. That's why I generally recommend people to either film themselves and try and look over it after a workout or just to, to have a mirror in front of them or look up somebody that knows how to do it and then try and imitate that. If you have a friend there, you can do it in front of each other and be like, oh, I think your shoulders are a little uneven or are you sure you're getting low enough? <laughs> and usually people tend to not get low enough. So that's definitely a good idea when doing dry land. So I would implement dry land and some sort of cardio activity at age 12, 13. And then when a skater gets older, about age 15, 16, one could start doing weight lifting, especially if this time the skater would shift towards the shorter distances that makes a lot of sense that said i don't think we should try and specialize too much in either short or long distances that is personally a thing i regret doing i think i already knew at a very young age that i was more suited for the longer distances and because at that time i was mostly self-taught and i did train a lot on my own uh, even though i had some good coaches i did do a lot more than was prescribed and and a lot of that was simply just long distance and because i wasn't a big fan of sprinting 
I uh, I generally just try to pull towards the the endurance in almost everything I did, which is obviously I'm an endurance athlete, so so that was my strength. But I wish I had spent a little more time also developing the speed, the sprint, um, yeah, aspects of skating, because uh, it would have been a lot easier to do back then than it is now. So do not specialize in either short, middle, or long distances at an early age, even if that is what you will, you know, eventually specialize in. Make sure you practice all of them while it's easy to pick it up, so at a younger age. If we're now looking at adults skating, um, the more you train, the more things you could do other than skating. Uh, and by that, I mean that if you have two workouts or the availability to do two workouts per week, I would definitely recommend those two workouts to be skating. Of course, it does not make sense that you do weightlifting and cycling instead if you have two, two weekly workouts because then you would probably never figure out how to skate. Um, so at that point, I would just do skating. And I think it would be about time where you have four uh, weekly time slots for, for training where I would put in or implement a dryland workout. And if we're looking at more of a five, six workouts per week thing, I would maybe do two dryland sessions where one of them is a shorter session that can be done either before or after a skating session. And then one to two weightlifting sessions. Weightlifting is always a bit tricky because ideally as a skater, you would want at least two sessions per week if you have less than two sessions you're just going to create so much soreness that it'll you know in the big image almost be as strenuous or fatiguing as having two sessions per week because every time you will be sore because you don't fully adapt to those exercises so ideally if you're doing this almost on a daily basis three to four skating sessions per week one to two dryland sessions one long one rather extensive and one to preferably two weightlifting sessions if you like cycling and if your back hurts when you skate for long we'll go for a bike ride bike ride every week so that's how i would build up a plan and then there's the peaking aspect of it um depending on how serious you are with your skating you would have a goal a lot of the people that i coach have a goal of doing a marathon often it happens to be in berlin <laughs> at the end of the year that one is particularly popular fair reason it is a you know an incredible event i've had the the joy of going to berlin i think four times which is still way too little for being 28 years old but berlin is for sure worth a visit it it's a massive race and it's a fast course clearly uh track the track records there are impressive but going there simply because there's going to be so many people and the chance of finding a group that suits you is quite high you're looking at a at a PB, a personal best, if you if you show up in in decent shape. So that's a goal of many. So if you want to train for a peak like that, you would want to to make sure to time your top fitness for that moment. A peak can last quite some time, say three four weeks, if if you build up properly. But building up properly also takes a bit of time. Um, when I make training plans, I, I mean, I always suit it individually, but I really hope for the skaters that that uh, approach me that they have six to nine months to prepare. I know it's a long time, but that way you can take it from, you know, the basics and then 
build it the right way so you don't skip any steps. It doesn't mean that it's going to be nine full months of intensive training. It's just going to be nine months that will little by little teach you all the necessary skills to be a good skater physically, technically, mentally almost, and, and just have you well prepared for the big day at the end of it. When I say you peak, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly mean that you can only do one good race and all the other days are going to be working days. It means that you will be even better at that time. Obviously, during this, especially if you're not, you know, on a well-structured training program right from the start, you're going to feel improvements all along. And it's also possible to do some easier weeks along all that preparing for the ultimate goal so that you can have multiple good races and multiple events where you are feeling like you kind of know how to skate. Um, but you would, of course, in the first part of these, let's say nine months, because that would be an ideal season. In the first six months almost, yeah, I would say six months, it's working on volume, training-wise, and the technical fundamentals. So things like being in a good position, knowing how to execute the movements, this is where I would implement some dry line, keeping it very simple. Slowly build up the volume and then have a long period of high volume here because you can build your aerobic fitness, which then later on allows you to have more quality in your anaerobic sessions and, and your sprint sessions when you're skating. So a long building phase where you do some longer skates. In the beginning, obviously, you might feel some some fatigue in the back, shins, the ankles, um, so many places because you're not you're not used to skating for long. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like shorter intervals, and by intervals it doesn't mean hurt intervals. It means just shorter shorter periods of active skating, so that you can still have quality and that you can still put skating well before skating a lot. <laughs> many shorter sets does not necessarily mean that you'll skate for shorter time as long as you do enough of these short intervals so try and get the volume up there and slowly get used to good skating not simply skating same goes for weightlifting in the early stages here i would put mobility range of motion and an injury prevention uh, i would put that first and then from that you would slowly build um towards being able to lift heavy so doing some of the similar exercises, um, the classic ones, deadlift, squat, cleans, um, but then doing more repetitions and, and maybe doing them in slightly different ways and if possible, make it a little more skating related. Uh, do more single leg exercises and, and maybe add a little bit of balance challenges in there. And once you get close to the competition, it should really be simple exercises where you can develop your maximum power output and and then of course as you approach the the competition the last few months you would do more anaerobic stuff you would add the sprints here by this time you should have um you know you should have the technical things sort of under control <laughs> it's a never-ending process but it is a lot easier to make sure you got this like you're used to the right movements you're not going to mess it up when you get tired and then after add a little extra speed and push it to your anaerobic limits and uh, when you got that anaerobic peak and your top speed improved then it's a lot more fun racing so by then you are very close to your your main event and then you just have a week or two probably two weeks i would say if it's the peak of your season two to three weeks of tapering so where you take 
your training load and simply just decrease it by 25% for the first week and 50 or even a little more percent the final week before racing. So then you're going to be incredibly fast at the end of all that. Again, it is very individual, but that was just to give you an idea of the structure of how I would suggest people to train. Of course, it also depends if you're an ice skater, inline skater. I mean, I grew up in Denmark. We only had indoor tracks for most of the winter, so it was very difficult being in skating shape in the early spring. So we did all we could. And that's where we looked at things like turn bells, turn cables, slide board, and, and really just did everything we could in order to uh, you know to keep up with all the all the skaters from the south of europe so very individual but this was you know some structure here for this episode i did not have any guests but in the future i am looking to bring some of the cool people i know from skating i happen to meet a lot of nice people and and i believe some of them have some some knowledge worth sharing with the rest of the world and uh, then I'm also gonna, yeah, like I promised in the beginning, there's gonna be some reoccurring segments. The first of them would be racing updates. As for right now, it's the inline season. As you know, I do inline and ice skating. In terms of racing updates, we're in the middle of the European Cups. That's been quite some heavy racing there. And to be honest, I haven't really gotten all the results ready for you guys here. So I thought this segment should be more about is there anything really cool, any specific anecdotes or upcoming events that I would want to highlight because I think they're worth a mention. And and the first of these is that I personally are looking really forward to, to skating probably two marathons in the United States, um, one in Florida and one up in Minnesota. The one in Minnesota, the North Shore Inline Marathon, is known to be incredibly fast and it is actually the second biggest marathon in the world. So that is one that I'm pretty stoked that I'll be looking to skate in September, I believe, in the Florida Marathon a bit later on in the season. Very convenient as I will be in the US by then preparing for the ice season. So those are two things that I look forward to. I recommend you guys to look those up. The Florida Inline Skating Marathon and the North Shore Marathon. Super cool races and as often surprised by how many skaters there is in the United States of America, um, despite what I gotta admit is not the strongest elite field at the moment, but hopefully things like this can change this. For the equipment zone, I feel like this very first episode should be dedicated to a piece of equipment that I've already highlighted a lot on my Instagram, a lot on my YouTube, I believe, called Graspore. I have I discovered this product Graspore. It's a sleeve you put on and you link that to your phone or your Garmin watch or your, you know, whatever device you're using. And then that simply tells you your muscle oxygen live, like your live muscle oxygen, which is quite incredible. That is the direct measure of fatigue in your in your leg muscles. And I know we have the heart rate monitor and and we have speed and lap times and, and so on. But this is just so specifically the, the determining factor of when can you not go any longer. And it's really something that I felt like we missed in the sport of skating. We haven't had the wattage numbers that they have in, in cycling. And I've always envied that a bit. And with this grass bore, we, we just have that. So we can tell how hard something is, not just by 
our heartbeats is always a bit delayed and depends on so many things if you look at heart rate the, the caffeine we had with the temperature whereas the muscle oxygen will never fool you it is you know it's the ultimate way to to measure fatigue so i think that's super cool i've been doing so much testing with this thing like it tested different wheel sizes are they easier are they harder at different pace uh, without having to go all out so you have just been able to test so many things different suits different helmets and different positions even different technical approaches so i i definitely recommend people to to look that up it's called grass bore or grass pour so g-r-a-s-p-o-r the grass pour device um it shouldn't be a secret that that i made a deal with these guys that if people use my my code they get a discount of i think it's 150 us dollars and and then i receive i believe it's 70 dollars or 60 dollars anyways i i'm really happy to like be an ambassador of that brand because it's something i started using even before uh <laughs> before i was paid for it and um i'm pretty sure that's gonna revolutionize nice the the sport of skating actually so that is that is something i found super cool for this little equipment zone and then for the quote of a champion given that i have no guests here i am uh, gonna use this this quote by uh half by ted lasso and half by uh, my my own coach mitch whitmore that is skating is life that'll be the last word of this podcast but i also want to make a good ending to it i'm super happy you guys decided to listen to this very first episode and more importantly i am also super curious to what you guys want to hear more about so please do do comment or do go on my fan platform and let me know what i should talk about next who should i invite on this show what do you want to know about skating that's what i'm here for i spent basically my whole life figuring out this beautiful sport so whatever i can do to share that with you guys all you need to do is to let me know this was this was cool this was fun and uh, episode two is coming up soon on the victor thorpe fan platform Bye-bye.